Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. There's an is in here. Beautiful goal. Walcott! What a goal! It's been flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal from the Gunners. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 14th of November. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. On this show, we hear from rising young Arsenal star Christian Bielik. The brilliant Adrian Clark is back at the chalkboard, including the much-anticipated chant-off. But we kick off by going around the club. It's time to go around the club with Max Jones. So, around the club we go. Delighted to say that Arsenal Media's Max Jones joins me in the studio. Max, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good to be here again, Russ. How are you? Not too bad. Dressed a little bit like the milk tray man. I'm too young <laughs> to remember the milk tray man. He's Pro- back, apparently. Probably a bit too young. Okay, yeah. but no. okay, I'm bringing in casual Mondays. So, Looking uh... sharp, my friend. We like it. Um, lots to talk about. We'll start, I think, with the end of the ladies' season. Let's focus there and, and what happens next, I guess. Uh, well, as you know, they, they finished third in the Women's Super League. Unfortunately, that means that they miss out on European football for another season. But you know, only being five points behind Chelsea, who finished in second place, that's nothing to be ashamed of, especially when uh, the league winners, Manchester City, went the whole season unbeaten. Not quite 49 undefeated, but um, <laughs> still a, a, a great feat for them. Um, you know, Pedro martinez Losa will be pleased with the development of his side. He'd have seen some key players emerge from... I'd say the outskirts of his squad, the likes of uh, Leah Williamson, Dominique Janssen has had a fantastic season. She looks like she's a a guaranteed starter every single game, um, coming from someone who was just filling in in different positions. So I think he'll be pleased with those. Um, They did end the season in style with a a 5-3 win at Liverpool. Um, So that, coupled with the FA Cup win, should give them lots of confidence going into this uh, WSL Spring Series, um, which... As you know, as I've spoken about before, um, it, it's going to bridge the gap between this regular WSL season and the following one. Because yeah, the course, calendar realignment and all of yeah, that. Yeah, and we're not allowed to mention the fact that it's gone to a, a winter calendar, but it's gone to a, a new calendar which takes place in the winter. <laughs> now, obviously, evolution of these squads is key, isn't it? You've talked about players coming in and filling voids and taking their opportunity, but one real top quality star of the game is moving on but again that will leave opportunities I'm sure yeah well unfortunately Casey Stoney's leaving the club I think she she fancies a new challenge in her life and you know fair, fair play to her she's she's really has performed consistently every week for Arsenal she I think just a few seasons ago finished as as one of the highest scorers in the team from centre-back so 
she's evolved in her role as, as much as I feel that she can at, at Arsenal Ladies. And yeah, she fancies a new challenge. But like you said, it does bring in opportunities for the younger players, such as Leah Williamson, who's developing as a centre-back. Obviously, she started as a midfielder, but she's dropped a bit deeper now and she's really, really enjoying that role. Um, and then in more positive news, you've got the likes of Kim Little coming in and she was a fantastic player the first time round and I've no doubt that she's going to be just as good, if not better, this time around. So is when we get, I guess, to the main, not winter, but the main tournament coming round, could we be looking at a really strong title push this time or is that putting too much pressure on still too early? I think Pedro Martinez-Losa would like to say um, to keep the pressure off. He's, he's doing the uh, Claudio Ranieri approach of, you know, we'll just, we'll just do enough for now and then we'll, we'll start to think about the, the title. But obviously, being at Arsenal, you're going to expect them to challenge for the title. I don't think we've seen... Um, enough turnover yet. I, I feel that there's still more players to leave the club, more players to come in until um, Pedro will be happy with his squad. Um, when they opened up the Arsenal Ladies Hub, right at the start of this season, I think it was, um, all four walls of the, of the change room um, have obviously the Arsenal Ladies players' names on and it goes from least experienced on the left to most experienced on the right. And what you'll find happening is that the most experienced players are just gradually getting younger <laughs> mm. so you know when, when when time comes for players to move on or retire you, you need leaders in that team who are going to be able to take on the mantle that's been left by you know the the casey stonies in in that dressing room yeah it makes perfect sense to me okay so that's how things stand with arsenal's women uh, let's move on next to the uefa youth league arsenal in a tough battle for qualification of course the teams mirror the group in the champions league so a 1-1 draw in the end in the digarettes yeah i was out in bulgaria for the for the first team game as well and you, you could see how disappointed the, the team and the staff were with with that result um they look really commanding in, in both games against them, obviously winning 3-0 at home. Reese Nelson was unplayable in that game, as was Eddie Nketiah as well, scoring his first youth league goals. Um, but in the away game, it, you know, it, there was a bit of complacency that, that crept in when they were 1-0 up. And I think in the end, a, a draw is a fair result from that. But it, it does leave them... Um, in, in, like you said, a, a tough fight for qualification. They're third in their group. They've still got to play Basel and PSG. Obviously, PSG at home first. Um, that was a goalish draw in the away leg, but uh, in the away game, I, sh I should say. And you know, Arsenal will need to be on the front foot right from the offset against PSG because they do have some dangerous players. I think, personally, though, I'm a bit more worried about Basel. Um, we lost against them, last-minute winner. Um, last month, I, I believe it was. And, that could uh, be the costly result, potentially, it, but hopefully not. It, it could be. Well, it was a last-minute penalty, so you, you'd hope for Arsenal's youngsters to maybe just play a bit safer around the box and then get forward in numbers. And you're looking for big performances from the likes of Chris Willock, Reese Nelson and, and Christian Bielik as well. Let's finish, as we always do then, with a mention of your featured player from around the club this month. Who's that going to be, Max? It's going to be your favourite, Christian Bielik. Excellent! Love him, He's a super young player. I mean, just going back to when he signed, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but on, on Sky Sports News, on, on BT, they were making a huge deal of it. You know, Arsenal have signed this teenage wonder kid. That was never going to be the case. He was never going to go straight into the first team. He was always going to be one to mould for the future. Arsene Wenger saw potential in him as a centre-back and he really is thriving at the moment. Um, I, I feel like that transition really has suited his game. Um, we spoke to him, I think, right when he joined uh, about... You know, potentially being a centre-back and he said, oh no, I'm, I'm, I don't really fancy that, that change, I'm happy in central midfield. But 
you know, I think it suits him a lot more and I think he's come to realise that as well. He's playing now kind of a, with 180 vision rather than having to be constantly 360 looking at all aspects of the pitch. He's much more suited to having the game in front of him, having a bit more time on the ball and we've seen him develop into a captain as well for the under-23s and the under-19s and you can see that he's really thriving under that responsibility. What would really, really benefit him this season would be alone. Um, alone in January, I think the boss has mentioned it before, I believe he was asked in a press conference after uh, Luda Goretz by a Polish journalist what's going to be happening with Christian Bielik this season and he said we're very keen to get him out on loan and I mean you can see why. Yeah, it's a really interesting take. Max, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Russ. Well, we mentioned Christian Bielik in detail there. Christian has been speaking to the Arsenal Weekly podcast about life as an academy player. So, Christian, welcome to the Arsenal Weekly podcast. I want to give the kind of listeners an idea of what goes on in the academy, so academy life. Mm -hmm. um, what's kind of a normal day for you? So, um, so yeah, I usually wake up at 7.40. I go, I go um, to training ground. We have to be <clears throat> at 8.30 in training ground. Um, then, you know, we do monitoring, sometimes monitoring. After monitoring, we go eat breakfast and at 10.30 is first training. <clears throat> After training, you know, um, sometimes we have gym, sometimes we have, uh, you know, after training we are, we are free and we come back home. So, um, so that's what we do in training round, you know, um, we come to training round waiting for training. Oh, before training is usually activation at the gym, 15-20 minutes and we're ready to, to go out. When you first arrived, obviously um, you learned English very quickly. Like you didn't speak English at all when you came over, did you? Was that uh, just when I came here? I, I just knew English. Like you know, that's what that's what this in school they learn. You know, you know, English in school it's not the same. You know, yeah, if yeah. you want if you want to learn like good English, you have to come to England and um, stay here more than six months maybe. Yeah. Did you take lessons? Was it? Uh... Yeah, when I came here um, I had six, six, um, six hours per week, then four hours and I, I passed my exam before holiday. So I don't learn anymore with teacher, but you know, actually you can le I learn every day with, to sp when, when I speak with boys. So. Yeah. You know, if you don't if you don't speak English in England in English team where the most boys are English, you can't you can't really you know feel confident and you can't feel good you know. So if you, I remember when at the beginning it was really hard for me because you know a new country, new new language. Um, so um, but after after six months when I started speak a little bit, um, I found friends, you know, better friends, and I. And I went out with them to, to eat to restaurant or shopping, you know. Um, so I feel really good now. These two years, I think um, I adapted after one one year, and now you know it's every day. It's it's it's, good. it's getting better, you know. Um, do you like London? Do you do you get to go out and see a lot of London? I like London, and I don't like London like 50-50 because I don't like because there's lots of traffic everywhere I drive, so. Usually when you go to central London, it's like one and a half hour um, because you have to wait in traffic. You're stuck in traffic every day. But, I, you know, I, li I like it. It's, it's, it's really nice. I like this area, Oxford Street and this area. I like. Have you got used to the tube yet? Have you taken the tube and no, the undergrads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, usually when this game, Arsenal game, first in my Emirates, 
the best way is go go to the troop and um, because it's actually you know you can't stuck in traffic you know so it's the the quickest the quickest transport yeah. So when you're playing for the academy, obviously you physically you're a lot bigger than a, mm -hmm. a few of the players. Did, did that come with a like added pressure? Do you... Uh, you know, um, so I play. I remember before Legia Warsaw, I played in an academy team in Poznan, yeah. in Lech Poznan. So, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't professional football. Sure, yeah. uh, so um, when I went uh, when I went to Legia Warsaw, I played in, in with 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 big men. You know, they were that was typical. First in first in football, um, but I didn't. I, I wasn't very strong. I was 16 years old. Of course, in national team when they called me up to under 17s or teens, you could see this difference between me and other boys. But you know, um, now when I'm when I'm here, I um, I you know I, I when I was 16, I felt that I need to be stronger because I was tall, but not the strongest. You know. So um, I came here. Um, I don't. I don't see big difference between me and other players in academy because everyone here work very hard at the gym and outside on the pitch. So we have to, you know, um, we have to work hard every day to to keep it, to keep this our, our fit. And um, yeah, it's uh, in, in football is the same. It's it's not big difference between us in in twenty threes. We have to. You know some just just details, you know, but these details are very important. After on the pitch, you can see this. But you know, I think um, we have really good good squad, and our team is really really strong. So, so. and it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him? Oh, it's up for grabs now. On the 17th of November 2012, Arsenal beat Tottenham 5-2 at Emirates Stadium for the second consecutive season. Emmanuel Adebayor and Per Mertesacker traded goals early on before Olivier Giroud and Lucas Podolski put the Gunners firmly in charge before the interval. Arteta. Podolski trying to play it in. There's a chance here. It could go anywhere. It's gone in. Lucas Podolski may well claim the goal, but Arsenal now lead by two goals to one. The last five minutes have sort of found, they've found their passing, they've found their range. So a little bit fortunate. But, you know, that's what happens in derby days, or even someone's a bit of brilliance, a little bit of luck. Podolski's done the right thing, he's just low and hard back across the goal. Here's Casola, that's another foul. Surely your play will continue. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Continue, however, allows the advantage. Still Casola plays it across. There's the third goal. Olivier Giroud, we felt it was coming. Arsenal, 3-1 in front. Santi Cazorla and Gareth Bale, remember him, each added to the scoring in the second period and it was left to Theo Walcott to wrap up the game for the Gunners in injury time. Oxlade-Chamberlain now coming forwards. Now this could be the chance for the fifth goal. Oxlade-Chamberlain's got Walcott in the middle. Theo Walcott for five and there it is. Made by Oxlade-Chamberlain and Walcott grabs the fifth goal. It was 5-2 last season. We have the same scoreline today. Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, let's hear from Per Mertesacker with his memories of his first goal for the club. It was uh, very good to score uh, because we were uh, one man up and yeah they were dropping off to the to the box line and yeah I kept standing in the box and um, tried to be lucky and the the ball from three was very very good and uh, yeah it's a good day to score I think and it was very vital at the moment. The chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So the one and only Adrian Clark, our tactician extraordinaire, joins us at the chalkboard. Clarky, how's it going, my friend? Happy uh, international break. How, you keeping busy? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, um, tactician extraordinaire. I like that. Can you introduce me like that every single week? I'm just being easy on you because I know you've been on an uber big stag day up in Newcastle, which is probably why you sound a bit croaky and, and potentially hungover. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not hungover anymore, but yeah, I'm a little bit croaky. So yeah, that will explain it. Um, stag do's in Newcastle, not great for your health, unfortunately. Had to be done, mate. <laughs> Rolling back those years, just what we like. Now, chanting will become a major, major theme at the end of this week's chalkboard. But with chanting firmly in mind, uh, tell me, what is your favourite Arsenal chant of all time? Well, because oh, there were so many, aren't there? I think there were some classics. Um, we've got the Georgie Graham's magic song. Yeah, Georgie Graham's magic. He wears a magic hat. And when he saw the FA Cup, he said, I'm having that. Now, that's special to me because I remember it when I was very young. When I was a young player coming through the ranks here, that was sort of echoing up and down uh, Wembley Way. Uh, it was the Littlewoods Cup, actually. So yeah. I was about 11 or something. They were singing that song. Obviously, they changed the words. I like the Vieira song. That's a classic. I think the Ozil chant that we nicked off West Ham fans as a winner, um, the one that emerged last year, <laughs> for comedy... The one, do you remember the Shamak song? Go on. Whatever no. I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I just want Shamak for good. I want Shamak. <laughs> I want Shamak. That is very good. <laughs> that is a good one. He might not have been the best player, but he, he came well. The fans came out with a good song for him for the best player. <laughs> uh, actually, Clarky, talking of players who never quite really did it here, Ironically, one who has then gone on to do it elsewhere. I always think of the uh, Carlos Vela one when he had that little run of coming off the bench and scoring effectively meaningless goals in, in smaller games. Do you remember the uh, when your team's three ahead and the game's put to bedtime for Vela? 
and then obviously he went then he did pretty well anyway what can you do good right. chance good chance <laughs> chanting we'll return later in this chalkboard uh, first up though massive massive game when the Premier League returns this weekend after the international break just tell me first of all how can Arsenal get over this psychological block of, uh, of playing Old Trafford going to Old Trafford playing Man United in the league yeah it's going to be difficult for them no doubt about that I don't necessarily think there's a block about going to Old Trafford. And I think that they have put in a couple of decent performances. I remember the, the win in the FA Cup when Danny Welbeck scored the goal on the counter. I think that the players that are involved in that would take a lot of confidence from it. And I don't think, obviously, statistically, there's a hoodoo of sorts at Old Trafford. But I think, in a way, that that's almost gone. I think it's the Jose factor that's the biggest concern really because he knows how to shut down a Wenger side doesn't he I mean he's done it so many times it's that I think psychology uh, psychologically is an issue um, and hopefully the players will be able to sort of buck that trend really because whenever he was at Chelsea he, he had just had a knack of killing the game a little bit like Tottenham did the other in the derby to some extent just making Arsenal play the kind of game they don't want to play. So I hope that doesn't happen this time around and I hope the managers come up with a clever game plan to sort of counter it because um, we're all fed up with Jose getting one over on Arsenal, aren't we? Fast forward to Mourinho now. Has he lost a little bit of that swagger, that mystique? Is sometimes that approach misfiring more than it used to? Of course it is. I mean, this season it's not working at all, is it? I mean, he does look a busted flush in many respects. Lots of well-respected journalists believe he's gone as a manager. They don't think he can handle the modern player. And when you look at recent evidence, it's hard to argue with some of those assessments because he's upsetting players for fun, isn't he? They're not playing for him. Tactically, he doesn't seem to be coming up with as many clever, new innovations as he used to. You kind of know what you're going to get with Jose Mourinho. It's not been a great season for them so far, Manchester United. So when you look at it, it's not a bad time to be playing Manchester United. Uh, but I cast my mind back to the game at Anfield recently, the, the boring nil-nil draw with Liverpool. He came up with a plan. He shut down a terrific attack, and he did it very well. The players did respond to him, and that's the fear here. Will he, will he just try and do something similar to Arsenal? I hope not. OK, so looking at the match itself this coming weekend then, Adrian, if Arsenal are going to get this job done, if they're going to beat Man United in their own backyard, mm. tell me two or three of the key things that they will need to do. Well, they, they need to play with confidence. I'm sure they will have to defend with heart as well because even though we take the mick out of Manchester United to some degree, especially this season, their last home match against Burnley, OK, they drew it nil-nil, created 37 chances. Now, you don't create 37 chances unless you've got good players and you've got you know, a decent team in the making. So we should not underestimate them. So I think that's probably factor one. Don't assume Manchester United are going to be poor in this game because they've got quality players. You've got Zlatan, you've got Pogba, Mata, Rooney might be back in it. I think Carrick probably quite likely to play. They're class players, so you can't underestimate them. You've got to fight fire with fire. Um, and you've got to play confidence. I think you've got to break into the box and ask questions of a defence that I still don't think is great. It's an understrength defence without Eric Bailly, so we need to get the ball into that final third and test them, ask questions. And I think that's what we haven't done enough of 
Old Trafford in recent years. So if, if we can get the ball into the final third, I fancy it's big time. Is Mourinho v Venga simply the key head-to-head here? <laughs> it, it probably is. Yeah, I, I think um, it's high time that Arthur Wenger got one over Jose Mourinho. In terms of on the pitch, head-to-head, Kos v Zlatan, massive. If he can do a job on him like he did Costa, brilliant news for Arsenal. But on the plus side, I'm looking at Daly Blind at left-back against Theo Walcott. Slide passes in behind him, slide them into that space behind him all day long, and I think well, yeah, it could be a business. Okay, and if I was going to say to you, please, how do you beat Man United in a sentence? <laughs> I hate to even say those words in temp fate, but go on. How on. do you beat Man United? Well, I think you beat Manchester United this season by defending bravely, but above all else, making runs from midfield. They do not like tracking runners. They don't want to run towards their own goal. I'm talking about Carrick. I'm talking about Fellaini. I'm talking about Paul Pogba. But they don't want to do it. Make runs into the box. I think we can destroy United in this game. Now, hang on. With an orchestral conductor's baton, walking into the studio, preparing for the chant-off, it's the Arsenal Weekly podcast, Liam Roberts. Yeah, you know how how you kind of... You're really excited about something, but you're dreading it at the same time. That's exactly what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so last week we set you the uh, task of coming up with a chant for Nacho Monreal, my favourite player. Adrian Clark, over to you. Take it away. (laughs) Please don't judge me on my singing. Uh, But this is to the sound or to the tune of the ABBA classic, Fernando. Here we go. His left so good he doesn't need his right. He's dynamite, oh Nacho. The man's a model of consistency. Cost us 8.3, oh Nacho. Wingers try their best but often lose in his pocket. He's a left back with a football brain. He can defend, oh Nacho. He can't stand that mob at White Hart Lane. Gunner till the end, oh Nacho. We go again. His left so good he doesn't need his right. No, don't go again. No, please. I like that. Yeah, that's tough. That's stuff. very good. Yeah, you have put the pressure on now for yeah, Arguez to follow that. Mine's kind of two chants in one. It, it weaves between two different tunes. Trying to justify. He's trying no, to justify. No, 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 no. Okay, ready? Over to you. Take it away. <clears throat> he's Nacho. Oh, he's Nacho. Oh, he came from sunny Spain, but didn't choose the lane. Nacho Monreal, I can't live without you now. When you first came to us from Spain, you clearly needed time to train. Now on the left, you reign supreme and even Gibbs can't make the team. Nacho Monreal, I can't live without you now. From probing runs to your shot blocks, not to mention golden locks. Hard to think you're 31, but now my friend, your time has come. Nacho Monreal, I can't live without you now. With Hector down the other side, Side. Our forward line is well supplied. Next up for you's man, you away. Please help stick it to Jose. He's Nacho. Whoa, he's Nacho. Whoa, <laughs> he scored for Spain. Please end our Old Trafford pain. Arsenal, Arsenal, and so on. 
I'll let you in on a secret. He added that line about the Spain goal this morning because I told him that he scored at the weekend. That was linked. That was lengthy. You didn't let me do my repeat first. That was that was something else. Both of those decided to get so. That was outstanding. The way we're going to judge these, we're going to put it out into a Twitter poll. So. Uh, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast listeners can uh, decide which one they like the best. Three points on offer to the winner. We'll let you know next week. Who can we points. trust the people? We, we know what's happened. We've well, it. on so both campaign. sides of the Atlantic, we know what's happened. <laughs> so, yeah, campaign away, guys. You, you, can, you can use your, uh, use your uh, social media Can we come up with our account? own hashtags? Trust in Ross, that kind of thing. Oh, this is, this is Both worthy winners. Yeah. I don't know what I've created here. <laughs> um, so next week we've got the Manchester United game as well. So we're going to do a, another prediction. So possibly six points on offer for next week. So okay. Russ is either going to be miles in he- ahead or Adrian's going to get back level. Love it. Um, we're going to go for total bookings. Because I remember after the Chelsea game, Adrian, you suggested that it might be the Jose factor, not the Chelsea factor that led mm. to all the bookings. Mm. So and it did, because the Chelsea game was there were hardly any booking. There was only two, yeah. So, um, yeah. so we kind of we we blew that one. So we'll go. We'll try it again with uh, <laughs> with the Manchester United game. Um, it's Russ to go first this week. So, how many bookings both teams combined Total in the bookings. Old Trafford match? I am going to say seven. Seven for Ooh. us. That's big. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm 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 just going to play dirty. I'm going to go against my own rules and say six. Desperate man, <laughs> clinging on. The whiff of fear. You watch, there'll be 10 or something silly now, won't there? Hope so, hope so. As long as eight of them go to it. Excellent, Clarky. Thank you very much indeed, Liam. Always a pleasure clearly stepping in as you do. Uh, the Matchday Show, don't forget, with Adrian alongside David Hillier on Arsenal.com. From midday as we build up to that big, big showdown against Manchester United. So that is full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Christian Bielik, to Max Jones, and of course to Adrian Clark for dropping by today, even though Clark is clearly going to come second in our chanting competition. Remember the hashtag, trust in Russ, cast your vote. Or subscribe on iTunes if you fancy, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can also find us on Acast as well, so that you'll never miss another episode. We're back on Monday, the 21st of November. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.